Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Jarrett Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. It, it speak, I think it speaks volume um, for what Coach Collins is doing um, down here in Atlanta. Uh, I think, you know, in the next couple of years, you know, we'll, we'll be, you know, somebody, you know, a school that, you know, that, that will be on ESPN daily, you know, be talked about uh, like the Clemson's and the Alabama's. Um, I think he's doing everything the right way, you know, coaching us to be, you know, be, be men, be professionals. Um, and, and then the group recruiting side of things, I think, you know, I haven't seen anybody, you know, you know, you know, a better recruiter than Coach Collins. You know, just the talent that he's bringing into Atlanta. And I think, you know, as we continue to do that, uh, we'll become more and more of a powerhouse. Okay, so he's talking about Georgia Tech. Was that camp? Yes. They asked him about Georgia Tech? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> you, know, you know, any receiver picked out of Georgia Tech is yeah. going to get Calvin Johnson, could he be that guy type of stuff, right? Well, Calvin Johnson checked a few more boxes, okay? So let's not get carried away. I don't know. (laughs) He was, what, 6'6", ran like a (laughs) 4'3"? I mean... But this guy's athletically freaky, too, now. Sure. I mean, they they certainly got a freaky kind of athlete in camp. Uh, I saw the the highlights of him doing the the vertical jump, the slow motion. Pretty good. Uh, And that's, that's exciting. I think... I think those guys do excite you because now what we've seen out of a DK Metcalf, you know, mm-hmm. Metcalf, there was forever the longest time. Um, what was his name from Cincinnati, the linebacker, all the bench press, uh, the, the the workout, the combine, uh, Mulaga. Oh, yeah. R- Ryan Mulaga? Yeah. It's not Ryan. I don't think it was. Ray Mulaga. He was a poster child for, like, workout warrior, unbelievable okay. tester. Sure, sure. Didn't do anything. I mean, he in the a, NFL. He had a long career, man. Nah, that's not the guy I'm thinking of. Then. Okay. I, <laughs> I feel like Ray, Ray Magalua played a while in the NFL. Uh, I'll, I'll find it out. But the bottom okay. line is, that had a negative connotation. Is he this guy that, yeah, yeah. you know, tests well but can't – he's yeah. not sure. what you think he He's not some superhuman athlete, okay, sure, sure. that's going to kill the NFL. Okay. Well, Metcalf kind of comes in with that. Like yes. this guy is superhuman and and he's got like no percent body fat, which isn't even healthy, but he still has it. Yeah, like, <laughs> like you're so dehydrated, sir. You're gonna tear something in a heartbeat. Yeah. It looks like. Yeah. Well, and look what he's done. Right, crushed he's wowed the NFL so far. Absolutely crushed. It. And so now I think it almost flips that narrative a little bit to say, okay, go find me a freaky athlete, especially at the wide receiver position. He yeah. might be DK Metcalf. And so we just had like, obviously, someone in the message say comparison DK Metcalf yeah. to Camp because yeah. Camp has some freaky athletic you know tendencies mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I, I think it's an interesting way the whole narrative has changed but Metcalf has kind of set like this new wave in motion especially for the wide out position where it excites you excites fans I, I would imagine it excites people in the building scouts and coaches say hey, give me a chance to work with that guy right there you know See, it also makes you wonder though Going forward now, and if you look at, you know, just how tight ends are treated in the NFL, and I get it, there's only like, you know, four or five, like, you know, outliers of like legit ones, but it makes you wonder if you get these big body, and when I say big body, I mean taller wide receivers in college, if they try to add a little weight to themselves to be like the next Kyle Pitts, you know, if Mm -hmm. you're a freak athlete, why add a little weight? Because I mean, let's be honest, like, if you're 6'4 or 6'3, you're a wide receiver and you run a four 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 five like that's athletic man like that's 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 freakish right but how many of those guys are there per year 
right? Now, how many guys are there from the tight end position that can run a 4-4 or a 4-5 that are, you know, 6-4, uh, 240, 250? Not too many. So I wonder eventually if we start talking about guys adding bulk on, adding weight on, choosing to play, quote-unquote, I say, the tight end position, even though they're, you know, once again, a glorified receiver, I wonder if guys start trying to add weight on because we saw the hype for Kyle Pitts this year. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, one of the comments out of Urban Meyer this weekend talking about Colin Johnson in tight end. Mm-hmm. Could you potentially move him? And he said they've considered it and thought about it, but he doesn't think that he's going to be able to do that, the, the body type. Yeah. So, yeah, when do you do that? How do you utilize that? Is it the right move? Remember now, everybody's very reluctant to change positions. That's a risky maneuver, especially at a professional level. I think it's sure. a risky maneuver at a lot of levels. Some guys are just super talented, but it's a lot harder at this level. Uh, and ironically, we're talking about a guy like Tebow as well, who might go from QB to tight end and give it a shot. Mm-hmm. But it's very difficult to do. And so, But I think you're not wrong there. I think if... If you can make yourself a valuable commodity and have the body type that can do it, mm-hmm. like Pitts, mm-hmm. like Waller, uh, and Johnson was an interesting study probably for them to see if we could maybe do something like that with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it can work, though, you make yourself a very rare and valuable commodity right now in the NFL because mm-hmm. look what happened with Kyle, Kyle Pitts. I mean, I still think he's probably the most overdrafted in the guy in the draft. Uh, that doesn't mean it's not going to be good, mm-hmm. and he probably changes their offense. But fourth overall for a tight end is very high, and they have to get a lot of production out of him to live up to that pick. But that being said, they now have what you could make the case is one out of two players in the NFL that do what he does. Mm-hmm. I mean, it basically feels like it's Waller and Pitts. Now, there are other ones probably trying to do it, and but Kelsey's a different guy, right? Kittle's a different guy. Waller and Pitts now have these two skill sets and body types that are just unique. Uh, so the more players that will will uh, be able to maybe transition to that certainly increase their value. It, it can't be easy, though, because I think we've already would have seen to more people weight? try to do it. Um, because Colin Johnson is a great example. Like yes. in, in my mind, it would make sense. Like mm-hmm. that, he's got the height. He's okay. Maybe put on a little bit more weight. And mm-hmm. Urban kind of dismissed the ability to do that with his body type. For one reason or another, I think you mentioned just you got to be a little bit more broad or thick or well, whatever that, it might and be. And it's to also it. a different mindset as well. I mean, if we're talking about a true tight end here and you have to have the ability to block, it's different to block, obviously, on the line of scrimmage as opposed to being off the ball um, and blocking a cornerback one on one. Once you get in those trenches, man, it's, it's a different mindset and not everybody at the wide receiver position is wired like that. How much concern do you think internally is at the tight end position? Are they going Apparently to? Apparently not that much. Because <laughs> yeah. well, we're sitting good. here right now with Tim Tebow, TE number one, hopefully. And why would that be then? Is that just they didn't want to panic to take one? They didn't want to panic to overspend in free agency? They want to. They feel like they can do some things offensively that work around not having uh, the tight end as a weapon spot on their offense mm-hmm. until they get one without forcing it. I, there's panic in the fan base, it seems like, about tight end, tight end, tight end. We've been talking about it nonstop, man, yeah. nonstop. And obviously the Pitts stuff only exacerbated it because there's yeah. a special talent coming out. But I don't sense there's a bunch of panic internally. That doesn't mean there isn't. I mean, there has to be a little bit of panic, obviously, 
But when we talk about, and once again, assuming that Urban Meyer echoes what he did at the college level, um, I think he feels that his offense, regardless of what it is, regardless who the tight end is, he can make it work. That's where I feel Urban Meyer is right now. Because what I think we're going to see is a lot of spread, obviously, a lot of misdirection, um, a lot of attacking maybe the center of the field or just you know attacking zones in that field. And when you do that, you don't need a Travis Kelsey. You don't need a Darren Waller um, to be, you know, successful at the tight end position. And that's where I think Urban Meyer is feeling. He's like, I get it. We have a bunch of guys right now that no one's really believing in, and, and, you know, as probably people should. But I just feel like, and it's not an ego thing. I just think it's the belief in his system where he can throw whoever he wants at the tight end spot um, and have success with it. Now, we'll see. Yeah, uh, yeah, we'll see. Uh, Schmidt eight two seven. Thanks on Twitter, by the way. Mike Mamula is the name we're looking for. Mike Mamula. Yeah. Huh. Uh, from it, he's the one that tested so well back in the day. I uh, believe he ended up with the Bengals, if I'm not mistaken. And so he became that narrative of the guy that tests real well but doesn't perform. Dang. Well. Uh, and so thirty-eight inch vertical. Yeah, he was pretty four year time. What year was that? Would have been like early nineties. Uh, is it second? Yeah, one second, please. Mike Mamula. I mean, Boston College on, kid, dude. right? Pretty sure. Yeah, he came out in 95. 95, so, okay. So how old were you? N- not in NFL, sir. Not <laughs> not even in college yet. I would have been, heck, I was born in 87, so yeah. do the math because I can't. You're in elementary eight, school at the I was time. eight years so, old, yeah. Yeah, uh, but anyway, but that was the guy. By the way, a 49 on the Wonderlick score. A what? 49 uh, on the Wonderlick score. I think score. it might have been uh, graded different at the time. Okay. Maybe. No. Okay, man. What, I don't what know. It, what's the high score now? Is it still? Is it fifty? Fifty. Also, oh, maybe it was. Okay. A defensive. I thought it went up to forty. It's fifty. You're he's, right. he's a D lineman. Uh, linebacker. Linebacker. Pretty Whew. sure he's a linebacker. Forty nine on the wonder look. Smart guy. Boston College guy. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's, some smart people go to. I Boston know, College. but you can't have that accent and have a forty nine on the wonder look <laughs> score. That doesn't. That's not fair. That's yeah. not fair. Well, that's why I got rid of it. So if I taste, th- if I take the Wonderlick now, then I could. What would you score. rather? Hey, be honest. What would you rather have a forty-nine on the Wonderlick <laughs> and a Boston accent, or a twenty on the Wonderlick and no Boston accent? Yeah, uh, probably a forty-nine. Oh, yeah, take the forty-nine. <laughs> Wicked awesome. All right. Come on. Wicked awesome. Wicked cool. Uh, the uh, so it is Michael Mullah, but, yeah. but it is wild to see the change. I mean, that's some twenty-something years later. But Metcalf is that guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's that test freak. That really changed, but now it changes in the narrative because he is playing well. Yeah. Um, so that's what we were talking in conversation with uh, Jalen Camp um, a, a bit earlier. So I don't sense there is panic in the building for the Jags uh, not finding the tight end or uh, really improving their tight end room leaps and bounds is the way I'd say. They've Obviously, they got a tight end. They've brought Manhurts in. Mm-hmm. They have O'Shaughnessy, and uh, if O'Shaughnessy's listening to all of us talk, he's like, what the hell? What about me, like, guys? What about me? Yeah. You know, I mean, I can play. And, yeah. and O'Shaughnessy has proven that he can play a little bit. I would just say, and I think O'Shaughnessy is a good player. Mm-hmm. I just think it's, it's not a dynamic player. Like, he doesn't change their offense. He's kind of a tight end that can get it done. Mm-hmm. But he's not going to go to the Pro Bowl as a tight end. I mean, and if he does, that would be something that we have no, never seen coming. Yeah. All right. He, but he has been good in a Jags uniform when healthy. Yeah. Um, so you give him credit. They've got bodies. And again, I think Tyler Davis might be the X factor now a little bit. Can they get something more out of him? They, they can block now at tight end. I can tell you that they got guys that can block. Is Tyler Davis the Brent Martino X factor of the nah, year? Because really. that's what it sounds well, right like. Right now it is. Okay. Okay. Right now, who whose stock do you want to buy in the tight end room? Oh no, a tight like, end. Yeah, probably. Which him. which player is the cryptocurrency? Tim Tebow. <laughs> 
I mean, is it Tim, Tebow or Tyler Tim, Davis? Tim Tebow, man. <laughs> like Tim Tebow. <laughs> Tim I, Tebow, man. I, I don't think uh, uh, there's. Yeah. I, I don't know if there's a home run potential get rich quick guy in that room, yeah. and I think that's that's what uh, that's why there's still a conversation in Jacksonville. Does Ertz change it if they were to somehow trade for him and find a way? I mean, it it, it feels like it would, would it, it not? You'd feel better. I, I just don't know if I'd feel like, wow, that's what? unbelievable. But I, I would feel a lot better relative to what they've got, if I'm being honest. And, and like, you don't share – I mean, like, everyone agrees with you here. Like, no one's really on the, the Zach Ertz hype train. And the question is, why? Well, uh, how old is Ertz? Ertz is 30 years old. I think what it feels like with a guy like Ertz, I feel like we've seen his best football. That's true. Yeah. I mean, he's going to be entering what? His, and so the Ertz stuff that His you, ninth NFL season. You, know, so, you think agreed. of Zach Ertz, you think about how dynamic he was and how much he helped that Eagles offense. But is that guy coming here? Probably not. It probably it doesn't feel also like Eifert. Like Eifert felt no, like he was longer yeah, in the yeah. tooth and the injuries. And so he does feel more dynamic than Eifert. But I'm not sure there's a huge difference between the two either. Oh, oh Brent, don't do that. Don't, well, don't. That's, that's what. But well, you're asking me why. Okay, I think but, that's why. I think okay, but people, well, when you're getting a guy on the descending yeah, part get, of his uh, career, you're, you're saying descending. But we talk about 2020 and the, the whole version of Carson Wentz. That was a bad version of Carson Wentz. Would, would you agree? That whole offense was a hot pile. Correct. Yeah. Well, in 2019, keep in mind this is two seasons ago. Ertz had 916 yards receiving, and he was a Pro Bowler. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars would take that. I think oh, they'd yeah, take a, a 700 re- receiving yard tight end right now. Well, Ertz can do Probably that. Probably second all-time in franchise history. Well, you want to hear something crazy, Brent? His first season and his last year, every other season has, has had over 700 yards receiving every single year. Yeah. I, well, again, you're talking I mean, about his I'll resume. S- Are I'll we say getting... it again. I'll say it one more time, Brent. From 2013 to 2020, only had two seasons where it wasn't over 700 yards receiving. His first season, he was a rookie, obviously. Only started three games. And last year, the whole Carson Wentz thing. And he got hurt a little bit. There you go. I think he's the only guy that says that that people would get a little bit like, okay, I feel better. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. think I'm not sure there's any other move you're going to make uh, that's realistic move mm-hmm. that that people would be like, okay, I feel better about the tight end room. Uh, it'll be another piece, but I think uh, the Ertz move is something that if they could make it, if they could pull it off, if if they could make it happen, I think people would uh, would feel good about that tight end room for the first time in a while to go along with some yeah. of these other guys. And that's the point. Like, And listen, everyone, I feel like, agrees with you. I'm not sure what kind of cool you're handing out, but everyone seems to be on your level. Where it's like, ah, Zach Ertz, is it really? Oh, I'm sorry. Do we have the luxury to say what tight ends have been good in Jaguars history and what aren't? Like, And what makes a good tight end? Because who have the Jaguars had the past decade that sticks out to a tight end besides Mercedes Lewis? Yeah, that's it. So there you go then. So I would take what I can get. And if you can get Zach Ertz, and you can get the numbers that he's put up the past eight or nine years, I would take those in a heartbeat. And I would sacrifice whatever I had to to get him. Yeah. Ah, see, that's the part. The, the Jags are unwilling to do that, or the trade would have already been made, in my opinion. Okay. If we're talking a third-round pick, yes. I'll, give a, I'll say it right now. I would give up a third-round pick to get Zach Ertz. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we just trade Josh Oliver then? <laughs> 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 around here. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I guess. 
sure. Like, I'm not going to. Oh, hey, Brett. Hey, I, I want to be fine truthful, with it. I want to be on, I yep. be on the, yeah, the, the, the Earth's train. train. No, yeah, I, think, I think the train left the station. I don't think you're on board. <laughs> yeah. I think we left without you. I, I do think he's he's the guy to get to improve it. I just either wonder right now what's taken so long or is this something that won't transpire if it does until they see what's out on the field over the next couple of months or maybe even in August, and then you make a move closer to the season. I mean, that's a guy that can probably just come plug and play anywhere. But, um, I mean, if you were really that interested in him, if the Jags really that interested, why haven't they made a move for him in free agency or until now? Because I'm not in the front office. Yeah. That's why. Uh, we'll see. But I, I do think that's the only way. I, I don't, again, just to kind of recap that this conversation, I don't think the Jags are panicking about it as much as maybe everybody else on the outside is talking about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels less dynamic, but I think there's ways to work around less dynamic tight end rooms. Uh, and a lot of that will depend on Trevor Lawrence. A lot of that will be- depend on what kind of scheme and system and all those things that they run, what kind of plays they call, how they use Travis Etienne, yeah. uh, you know, well, all those things. I know, man. You know, somebody asked, and, on, on, and, what about Jalen Camp moving over to tight end? It's like, well, they've already said he's a developmental guy. So even if Jalen yeah. Camp does eventually find his way to tight end, if that's you know, what ended up happening, mm-hmm. then it's not like this year. That's not like a now thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's not an, a helping your room right now. That's about as got, got much chance of helping your room now as Tebow does coming into it. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. The Tebow thing will excite some people will be intrigue all over, but I mean, <laughs> you're not sitting here and relying on anything out of that. Are you? I'm just, no, no, for <laughs> sure. But I'm just saying, Brent, if you're trying to give Trevor Lawrence every possible, um, you know, I guess bullet that he has in the chamber to say, hey, you know what? We're going to give you confidence. Here you go. If it costs me, a th- I mean, I, I, ideally, if you got a fourth round pick for Zach Ertz, yes, please. Maybe a third round pick, so be it. But if I got to sacrifice a third round pick or maybe a fourth round pick to make sure that Trevor Lawrence is more confident in terms of when it comes to throwing in the middle of the field to a tight end, then I, I would spend that every single day. I, I wouldn't even bet an eye at it. That's where I would be at. Just talk about Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I, I will say this. So, ETN and how they use him might help uh, the void at tight end. Sure. But it still is the most exciting thing coming out of this draft. I mean, given the fact that we knew Trevor Lawrence was coming in, how they use ETN to me is the most exciting thing going on in this draft class. Yep. Uh, because I'm interested to see it. And I, I don't – I think Urban said it crystal clear. You just have to absorb it and believe it. Yeah. and. They didn't draft him as just a running back. Yeah. They've said it. I mean, it's crystal clear. It's out there. This is not like uh, top secret information. Mm-hmm. They drafted him to move him all around the place. And that is the Kadarius Tony position, right? That yeah. is the Percy Harvin position. That is, and I said this to you leading up to the draft, trust Urban on that guy because he's been very good with that kind of player in his career. Mm-hmm. And that's what gets me more excited coming out of this weekend maybe than anything. I'm just saying. You know, and, and we talk about Pat Frymuth a lot. We we've shocked your mock with Pat Frymuth how many times? And Brent, I've never talked to the guy. Um, I've only seen film on the guy. But going off his social media, all the dude is about is football. And if Pat Frymuth comes out next year for the Pittsburgh Steelers in that high-powered offense and has a, a Pro Bowl type year, I'm gonna freak out. Just let you know right now, I'm gonna freak out. The wild thing about the Pittsburgh draft is it kind of delivered on the thing that people like. Mm-hmm. 24, Najee Harris. Oh, you get excited about that guy. Yeah. Right? Yep. Pat Fryermuth. Okay, we couldn't get Kyle Pitts, but we got the next best guy because everybody said he's yes. the next best guy. Sure. Pittsburgh kind of, it was almost like Pittsburgh took the fans 
like it's almost feelings. Like Pitts, it's almost like the Pittsburgh version of Shock Your Mock was a real thing. Yeah. They're listening. I mean, Najee yeah. Harris, obviously, you can see fit in that Pittsburgh yeah, yeah. kind of, of culture and organization. Mm-hmm. And then they got a Penn State guy, yeah. right, yep. going over to Pittsburgh. It's too perfect. So it's just a wild thing. How like And meanwhile, here, we're like, okay, ETN, we didn't see that coming. Tyson Campbell, do you need another cornerback? <laughs> like, Walker Little, the guy's not even going to play this year. It was yeah. very interesting to yeah. see those two dynamics to me. Because we've been in the other dynamic before. You get excited about a second-round pick, a third-round pick, and at times they haven't really worked out very well. You know what? Uh, so I'm, I'm interested to see how this plays out uh, the way Urban Meyer and Trent Baalke did it. What about the rest of the AFC South? How much better did they get? And wow, you know what a name that I haven't heard of in a long time? Deshaun Watson. Mm. We thought this guy was going to be kind of the domino of dominoes in yeah. the draft season. Yeah. Instead... Silence. Don't even hear his name whispered. And they took a quarterback instead. What does that say about Houston and the Watson situation? The AFC South, we visit it next on ESPN 690. This is Action Sports Jack on ESPN 690. Welcome into the show, a name you know. If you've been listening and watching ESPN for a long time, I know you know him. We're going to call him one of the forefathers, if you will, of sports radio, Mike Greenberg. Thank you. Forefathers is an interesting, that's a, that's fascinating. Every, every day as I talk to more people, I get older and older. So <laughs> that's kind of funny. Listen weekdays from 3 to 6 p.m. in your car or stream them. ESPN690.com. Brent Martineau. Never heard of what happened in Iowa yesterday, and I don't even know how to pronounce the name of it. Derecho. Austin Lane. Iowa State Cyclones. You should call them the Derechos. You can shorten it up, call them the Chos. Why not, man? I'm into it. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Uh, it's, 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 that's the Uh This past year, we lost in there, but um, the other two years... The other two years um, have been have been good to me. So, you know, I I enjoy playing in that stadium. Uh, I've always been packed, and uh, it's always good to come home to the, the Sunshine State when I was at, in Athens just to get that Florida feeling back. I know I know CJ Henderson. Uh, you know, he was at Columbus High School, Miami, Florida. It, it, I, we wouldn't play in a, uh, a high school football, but we would always compete in track and field. So, you know, I'm definitely familiar with him. I want, yeah. That is Tyson Campbell, second-round draft pick of the Jacksonville Jaguars, corner out of Georgia. Got some more speed out there now. Yeah, The need for speed was real. And I do like this. I like over the years when people in the draft process, meaning the brass, GMs, coaches, will say something and tell you something and kind of be their mantra of the offseason, and then they deliver on it. And and I I appreciate that about any coaching staff and and I think that's by the way good like if you're going to preach that stuff you might as well deliver on it mm-hmm. and uh, I I think Urban Meyer did that here right mm-hmm. uh, I said this about like Marone's staff last off season or maybe it was two off seasons ago or whatever I don't know it was one of the years where they said hey we like our offensive line better than other people like their offensive mm-hmm. line and you know James Robinson. It was last year because James Robinson ran for over a thousand yards. I mean, their offensive now the tackles had some troubles. Okay, so they they weren't like exactly right, mm-hmm. but there's some things that their offensive line did 
but people wanted to get Andrew Norwell out of here. Andrew Correct. Norwell played well last Correct. year. So th- those are the things that I kind of look back and be like, okay, did they deliver on what they were preaching? Did they deliver on what they were saying? And Urban Meyer said since the minute he walked in the door, two constant themes in my opinion. One was we're going to do everything we can that's best for the player. And two is we need more speed. <laughs> and and speed wins. Yeah. yeah. And if you look uh, at what he is doing kind of behind the scenes of what's best for the player, I think that's starting to happen. Uh, there's an underbelly of that that's probably a little, little less public. And then if you look at speed, he would attack this draft and free agency with some speed yeah. and got it and delivered on it. So we'll see if it pays off. But I do appreciate that about the staffs and, and brasses saying, hey, we need this. We think we're this. We're doing this. And then go back and look at it a few months later. And did they do it? Well, in yeah. this case, Urban Meyer did it. Yeah, I mean, how there isn't uh, a meme out there of Urban Meyer's face, like, imposed on Maverick from Top Gun saying, I feel the need for speed is beyond me because, yeah, I mean, that, that was, that was one of the very first things that he said. And it's definitely one of the things that he's, he's stuck true to. You know, I mean, obviously that the ETN pick, um, would, would say that. And some of these other picks would say that as well. So I, I'm not mad at it. Um, and like you've said many times, you know, he's being candid about it and he's, he's telling you, you know, he, he's building the house and he's telling you how he's doing it at the same time. And yeah. It's not a bad thing. You know, it's, it's fascinating if you look at speed. Speed kills in sports. It, it's, you can't teach it. You know, there's all these cliches about it. But for a while there where there was some separation, it looked like, especially in the Southeast, uh, but SEC versus maybe the Big Ten and, and other uh, conferences, speed was a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Big part of it. In fact, there's still, there still is a big part of it. Like, is Michigan fast enough? Is Wisconsin fast enough? You, you have these clashes of style. Careful. Yeah, right? yeah I get what you're saying. But, but yeah, Ohio careful. State really did a good job. They were ahead of it because, partly because of Urban. They, they went and got speed. Like, they were the one team in the Big Ten that had the athlete that it seemed like the SEC had. Now, they also had the the big fella, and they could beat you up at the line of scrimmage, which was more of a trade of the Big Ten, if sure. you will. Uh, but they had that speed, too. And that, and if you watch them, under Meyer especially, and over the last however many years, they elevated and became the team to beat in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. If you look at the NFL a little bit, everybody's fast, everybody's big, but is there some separation in other teams? I'll give you two examples, I feel. One being Atlanta. The year that they went to the Super Bowl, albeit blew the big lead 28-3 to to the Patriots, their speed was noticeable on both ends of the ball, but especially on the defense, I would say. They were flying around in the football. And then who do we associate speed with right now? The Kansas City Chiefs. And they can beat you, and they're so fast, and you can't catch up to them, and you can't stop them. Uh, They've got a bunch of different reasons why, but speed is a big component of that. So it it makes a lot of sense, I think, over the years in the sport of football, if you can find the edge in that category. And you certainly can't be too much out of a disadvantage in that category. Like a lot of the teams are probably about the same. Yeah. Uh, in the NFL, and then there are a few, like I just mentioned, maybe a little notch above. You don't want to be the team a notch below. There, there's not a big way to make that up unless Whoa. you've got a terrific Physical. quarterback okay. or, or, or physical. Yeah. Physicality. Baltimore comes to mind, but Baltimore, even now they have Tennessee. the speed element, right? Because you think of well, Lamar. Yeah, they have the speed element with Lamar Jackson, but everything else. Uh, Hollywood. Uh, yeah, Marquise Brown, but I, mean, I don't think he's that much of a game changer with all due respect. But your better him, but example might even, but I know Baltimore is a good example, but I think your Tennessee. better example is probably Tennessee. Yeah, and they got AJ Brown who's fast, but no, I think it, it all comes down to identity, right? When we talk about identity, we define Baltimore as physical. We define um, the Tennessee Titans as physical. 
I think when the 49ers went to the Super Bowl, we defined them as physical. So, yeah, there, there are bits and pieces. Like, for instance, the Rams went in the Super Bowl, speed, right? Speed and these bunch formations. So, uh, to me, it's about finding that right balance. Yeah, you can you, you be the fastest team in the NFL. But if you don't have the physicality to match that, it's very, very hard to get far, in my opinion. Now, I think sometimes the Chiefs are the outlier because they just have so much speed. Right? Yeah, yeah. Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey for his position is fast. Obviously, Nicole Hardman, I mean, you name it, they got it. But that's rare. I think that if you're trying to build something special, you're trying to go far, you need a combination of both. You need that home run hitter, and you need the home run ball for sure. But there's nothing wrong with sometimes hitting a single or a double to try to win a game. That's where physicality comes into play. Yeah, and, and yeah, you can't lose that essence of football, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what Urban's done really well over his career is probably match that kind of have like this equilibrium of physicality and speed. Yeah. It's still a matchup game, and it's becoming more and more a matchup game as the college game kind of enters the NFL. Yeah. And speed kills, and speed's a tough matchup. So uh, it'll be as you're saying that the identity of the Titans. I still aren't sure we know the true identity of what. The the Jags are going to be, and I wonder if speed does have an no, element see, kind of in there somewhere. Yeah, to me, when we talk about identity of teams, it starts with your head coach. If I look at Urban Meyer and what he's come from in terms of college, that spread offense, it, it's going to be speed. I, I think this team uh, will rule speed over physicality all day. Now, I think with Joe calling on defense, you're going to see a lot more physicality than maybe even speed. So if you match the, the offensive firepower that Urban Meyer had in college – and then you match the mindset with which I know Joe Cullen brings on the defensive side of the ball in his relentlessness, his tough physicality. Just watch the Tennessee Titans take on the Baltimore Ravens. He, you know, had a lot to do with that. I think it could be a very, very nice mix. Fast on offense, still fast and, you know, all that stuff, but also physical on defense. All right, let's get to the line real quick. Uh, Steven's been hanging on the, the lines. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Hope you had a good draft weekend, man. Of course, I sat in front of the TV all weekend. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Until my wife, until my wife told me I had to mow the lawn, then I, you know, took a break. There you but, go. Um, anyways, uh, about the offensive scheme, uh, from what I guess I might be digging too much into it, uh, but alluding to what Urban said in a press conference when somebody brought up James Robinson when he was talking about ETN. He mentioned something interesting, something uh, the Jabs haven't done in a long time, and that was actually split-back formation mentioning, hey, we're going to try and get both of them out there at the same time. And uh, from what I'm gathering with these tight end, this tight end situation is maybe inside the building they're not letting it on because they've got nothing but blocking tight end. To me, that shows maybe we don't have as much faith in our left tackles as we like to say we do. And I could, I'll bet I'll bet money with you guys right now. Walker Little will start some games because let's face it, when has Cam played a full season? Uh, all right, Stephen, appreciate the call, man. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN six ninety. Did Cam play full season last year? Just did. I thought he did. Was he was he out? I don't think so. No. Uh, I can look it up real quick. I, so I last year, Stephen is the answer. <laughs> yeah, he played the full season last year. Uh, so listen, he's had some injury stuff, but no, nah, yeah, we well, played in 14 games back in 2019, two games, 2018, 15 games, 2017. Listen, I think more so than the public, more so than the fans, people still value blocking in the tight end room a lot. Like uh, football, people still value that a bunch, right? Sure. Outside of the Baltimore Ravens, nobody acknowledge like we don't acknowledge a team that does it well <laughs> outside yeah, of watching yeah, yeah. the Ravens play. Yeah. But it's it's just. 
something inside football that's still very important. And so they got Manhurts and they got Farrell now, and they, they've got some guys that can do that. But there's also a dynamic nature of the tight end that no doubt the Jaguars are missing. So, Stephen, to your point, yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, you could you can make the case that they're not sold on their tackles and they're going to give them a little bit of help. Yeah, in terms of tripping, that's fine. But tell me a spread offense that just specializes in a blocking tight end. Yeah. Doesn't that's like oil and water getting mixed together. It doesn't work. No, I mean, you're talking about probably red zone and third and one kind of scenarios where sure. it helps. And again, it's not bad to have it. No, of Every course. team wants to have it. They just don't talk about it a lot. No, exactly. But if you're asking me, and listen, I think it's going to be a, a balanced offense because once again, this isn't just Urban Meyer's offense. I mean, there's coordinators or anything like that too. So he's going to be bouncing ideas off of. But if we assume it's going to be a spread like he ran in college, well, yeah, it's good to chip and everything like that. But you have to do a lot more than just help out the ta- the, the tackle. All right, you have to be relied on to to take the safeties out deep or something like that. So there is a lot more to it than that. So I th- I hope you have a receiving threat or some guy that can at least carry the weight a little bit. South Beach Gary probably talking about the Dolphins. What's happening, man? Good afternoon, gentlemen. What I was curious about is the Jags with all the firing of the scouting department. Why was the timing now two days after the draft? Why did it happen now as to po- as opposed to when Urban first came on board? Say the the first part of that again. I missed the first part. The firing of all the scouting departments that the Jags today, why did it happen now, two days after the draft, as opposed when Urban first came on board? Yeah, revamp of the the, uh, scouting department. South Beach guy, I appreciate the call, because that's when it happens. Like, that's when those guys get let go. Yeah. After the draft, that is not an uncommon thing in the NFL. It's been a little bit uncommon around here. A lot of the scouting staff has been here for a long, long time. Sure. We heard some rumblings, by the way, late last week. I uh, had some uh, texts, and then I even tried to follow up again and get a bunch of confirmation because I think they are waiting you know, around this time yeah. for that stuff to get out. But once the draft is complete, you have to stick with – I remember this most sincerely. I thought when Tom Coughlin came in, I thought there would be some massive changes, and there actually didn't turn out to be – I think because Caldwell was still there, but I thought we might see some massive changes, but you still can't get it until the draft cycle is over. This is like the the fiscal year for a business, right? This is when the new year starts for that group to then start looking ahead to uh, 2022. Keep in mind, even when we're talking about last year, halfway through the season, that scouting department had one goal, and that was to find the next batch of talent for the up-and-coming draft, right? So they're doing all their due diligence. They're doing all their research during last season to find this year's crop of draft picks. So if you're Urban Meyer and you fire them when you come in, well, you lose all those resources. You, you lose all that capital. And now you're talking about your own scouting guys with, what, three or four months before the NFL draft? Oh, by the way, there's no combine, by the way. You have to meet people on, on Zoom? No, you keep those guys that were here the, the prior year because you need those guys. Well, not only that, you, Austin, you let them go somewhere and they're maybe taking some of your plans and secrets or whatever and sure. somehow those get out. So, yes, you need them through the draft to uh, – to, to be on the staff. Yeah, but Urban Meyer did say this. He's like, I look forward to the next cycle because I could meet the scouts. I haven't even met them. I don't know them very well because, well, they were out and about doing their job yeah. over the last few months while I was in. Again, fingerprints of Urban Meyer mm-hmm. and even a little bit of Trent Baalke. Mm-hmm. There's some changeover in the staff. They've got a lot of good scouts in there, too. Uh, people have told me over the years. Mm-hmm. It's a lot like what uh, Shad said when they fired Doug Marone. He said, hey, we feel like we have some good coaches on the staff, and some of the coaches did stay. Yeah. I don't. I think there's always that element, but 
there's new blood in the building, and that's happening. Mm-hmm. And that's Urban Meyer's fingerprints probably all over it. But this is not uncommon, South Beach, Gary. This is the timing that you will see that happen year in, year out with other teams uh, as well. All right, I, I want to get to the AFC South, the uh, Indianapolis, Houston, and uh, Tennessee. What did they do? How much better did they get in the Houston thing? Uh, have they made a pick yet? How was the draft, <laughs> Texans fans? <laughs> we'll be back on ESPN 690. CJ is a very talented young man. He's just got to get healthy. And uh, when he does, you know, I think you saw last year what he can do. Coming in his rookie first game, uh, made some very good plays both against the run and the pass. He's a talented young guy. You know, now when you look across the board, you got six foot, six foot, six foot plus, I mean, across the board. That's what you're looking for, height, length, and speed. That is Trent Baalke. GM of the Jasville Jaguars, first draft in the books for the Jags and Bulky and Urban Meyer. Brent Morton, Austin Lane, Coos here on a Monday. Hope you're doing well. Hope you had a good weekend getting hot out in Jackson, but we kind of like that. Summer is here. Careful with the we. It's something. Some people like it. Yeah. Brent is all about it for some reason. He has an outdoor fireplace, but you're all about the warm temperatures. That's right. Makes a lot of sense. I I was actually cold this weekend because I was used to Cancun's heat. Was it super hot there? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like... 95 with like 60% humidity. So when we wow. landed in Florida, I was like, oh my gosh, it's freezing. <laughs> what, what about Trevor Lawrence saying it's not that hot here? I love it. Yeah, you think he was lying though? You think he's telling the truth? Nah, I, I didn't sense that he was Clemson? like sitting there dripping down sweat. I mean, okay. it wasn't that bad. By the way, either. you'll like this. My, it's uh, a lot hotter we Saturday, Sunday, and today yeah, than, okay. it did, than it was even while well, we were sitting on the sun. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I was wearing a black shirt, sir. It was pretty hot. <laughs> we were. I was talking with my uncle, and I have a... Uh, uh, an aunt and some cousins that live out in Houston. They're Texans fans, and they're condolences. Been a, they've been a little bit upset, right? But they, but my cousin also went to Clemson, uh. so then we drafted two Clemson players right off the rip. And my uncle texted him, said, "How's it going?" They said, "We've officially like to join the Jaguars fan club." Come on, they. Come I on, said, the dark side. No, no, no. I told him. I said, "You should have said back." Said, "No, if you haven't jumped on the bandwagon before the draft, it's too late." Oh no, man! Because we're, we're taking all comers here. Yeah, all right, yeah. Jacksonville needs. Jacksonville okay. needs what? Are, are, are you regulating this no, whole thing? No, I'm you're, just you're saying. You're in charge of who's I, in the Jaguars no, fans and who's not. I'm Don't just be saying. So upset about bandwagon fans. Jump on board, need baby. Them, man. Yeah. Everybody needs a bandwagon yeah. fan. Now, the Kyler Murray bandwagon from last year, you guys left the station, as we know. So go ahead and draft True. them in your fantasy team if you want to. But you realize if you do that, there's going to be a, a, a hellstorm coming your way. Just to let you know. Probably won't play well. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, well. that's uh, kind of the storm that's coming right. my way. But at least I'll win, if he doesn't play well, then at least I win the bet that we oh, made. That's, that's a good point. <laughs> that's a, yeah, it's, it's a, this is a, a hedge. A win. Yeah, a hedge. That's what you call it. It's, it's a, hedge, a hedge right here. I like your style. Uh, speaking of hot, my my uh, sister and her kids, uh, Sailor and Chase, are in town. They were playing that. They were down in the Disney area for like a cheerleading competition. Oh, and they nice. came up and visited for did, a couple did of you days. Go to that? Did you I support them? Okay. Um, no, I was covering the draft. Okay. And well. then I did not know, but Mom surprised me too. Mom came into yeah, town. Yeah, so she, she came into. Yeah, nice. So she came into town. So uh, we've had the family here the last couple of days. Now they are hot. Yeah. This weekend. Yeah, they're, I can they're, tell they're you toasty. that. So Mom just flew in and I didn't tell you. No, like it was actually How a did... really cool surprise uh, that oh. I didn't. That she had been down with my sister yeah. for a couple of days. Yeah. And I was in the house. Yeah. And I was talking. It's like my move. back was turned. It's a power and move. And I was right talking there. to my sister. Yeah. And uh, her kids were there, and as yeah. expected. Yeah. And then I said something. It was like perfect flow of the conversation. Yeah. 
and down came the stairs, came my mom and said something. I was like, I totally unexpected. That's a power move. Never even thought. That's a power move. If, yeah. I, if my mom pulled that on me, let me tell you. <laughs> It'd be World War Three. Not just to say I don't want to see my mom. I love my mom. But like, then my wife would be like, well, we got to do the dishes quick and we got to clean up the... And it's like, uh, it's just stress. Yeah. It's a lot of stress if mom shows up. Well, we, don't, we don't worry about that. Well, you stuff. think I care? That's my <laughs> wife, man. Dishes for what? Like, like my mom cares about 10 dirty dishes in the... In the, in the it's fine. We got a lot going see, on. I'm, I'm like that. If I know companies coming over, regardless of what the house is, I was like, yeah. we need to vacuum. We need to move there's, all the furniture. No we need to dust everything. <laughs> Not me. You forget that I was in college with two other roommates in an so apartment. I, and my but, mom would come oh, over yeah, and yeah. like, yeah, she... Hey. I'm like, okay. who cares? You came over, whatever. Don't no ex- lower your oh, expectations. No, I yeah. gotta clean. We gotta lower clean everything. Yeah. That's, that's that. Of, that's I don't a, have time for that. Instead of a welcome mat, a lower your expectations <laughs> mat when you walk in. That's, whatever. I mean, that's a that's a money idea right there. We'll I have think. some fun. We'll that's, feed you. Can you we know, get a place to stay? I don't care what it looks we like. We gotta trademark that. Can we get a mat like that for the front of ESPN? <laughs> lower, lower your expectations <laughs> formats. It is. It's on the other side of the building. Oh, okay. Lower your expectations formats. I love that. <laughs> uh, Chase, I call him the exterminator, man. Every uh, there'll be every snake and bug around my house will be gone, yeah. or either caught in it in my house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. <laughs> he wants to go find the uh, oh, the, the, the yeah. moccasin. <laughs> like, so stressful, man. Everybody no. comes down here like, oh, what kind of bug is that? Yeah, what kind of snake is that? He's like, he's like, is that, like, is that, is that an armadillo? <laughs> They found like a new species of spider down in in Miami. Uh, the Miami Zoo found it or something. Deadly? Yeah, I saw that. I don't know. I saw that there's a new spider and went, oh great. I'll tell you, so cool. We're walking down the neighborhood to go to the the community pool. Yesterday, we're taking nice. him over there. Nice. And uh, so he loves the lizards. And so he sees the lizard, and he's like, he's uh, eleven. And okay. He sees the lizard. And he's like, oh, there's two of them. Oh, oh, no. They're mating. Oh, hey. They're mating. Hey, Ranger Rick, how old are you? You know my best stuff, right? Dang. He's like, might want to, I want to look at that. Yeah, <laughs> man. That's, that's what he privacy. said. Not what I said. That's what he said. <laughs> Get this kid's own YouTube channel, Brent, right yeah, now. Yeah, he, he probably already has one. <laughs> I'm sure he does. <laughs> Quite frankly. Uh, a lot of fun. By the way, Hall of Famer Steph's birthday. Oh, happy birthday, Hall of Famer Steph. Today? Yeah. Today. Doing so, should I even ask you doing something nice for her? Probably not. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> no. Awesome. I, I don't know why I even asked. I don't even know why Good. I even asked. Went to, went to Bucky's. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Seth, get, get, get whatever you want. Yeah. Happy birthday. Here's, Happy here's birthday. a thing of beaver nuggets. Enjoy your beaver go. nuggets. You got some beaver nuggets. Oh, That's man. what we do, by the way. We take everybody from out of town and we show them Bucky's. Yeah. Oh, it's I'm a, like, this is going to change your life, people. Change my life. <laughs> change my life for sure. I mean, I want to plan family weekends. Hey, I, we want a Bucky's and that's it. I still have not drive. been. I've driven past it like it 12 out, times and just haven't gone. Because, because I'll see the parking lot and how many people are there. And I'm just like, oh. Yeah, it's room for everybody, man. It's a big yeah. place. It, it's gotten to the point now because it's the St. Augustine location. Yeah. There's a little free plug for everybody. But uh, it's gotten to the point. If we drive past that as a family, we're stopping. You got to go. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm going to get the way, we're Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> right. that's true. Good point. All right. We'll talk about Houston. We'll talk about the rest of the AFC South. And what <laughs> about Taven Bryan? The Jags want Taven Bryan, even though you don't, people. Football at 5 coming up on ESPN 690.